suppose when you become a mum and you're focusing on your children and like I guess your role is to be devoted to your young children, that is one aspect of our lives but often we get deeply lost in it whereas all those other aspects are still there but they're just kind of not in the forefront. We've kind of pushed them, we've pushed them out but it's not to say they won't come back or you won't kind of find them again but you just get so caught up in being a mum. Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. We on? All right, we are on. Welcome back, babe. What's going on? I am really tripping myself out at the moment because I can hear myself in my headphones and I feel like there's like 10 Kates going on. <laughs> Lucky oh, you. I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> I know, so many I've Kates. I've got the one and only oh. Kate, but that's so annoying. Let's jump straight into what we've got in common, shall we? So what do we have in common this week? Talk to me. Tell me what's been happening. I reckon we both have mentioned to each other a few times recently like that we're trying to take a little bit more care of ourselves. Like you were saying the other day that you did a workout, that you've been doing some of your breathing and stuff. Yeah, I know. It reminded me. It reminded me. It was a bit inspired by Elsa. Yes. Oh, do you know what's funny? Even Aiden was saying after he listened to that episode that he was feeling inspired to be more fit and healthy. And I was like, yes, that's great. That's what we (laughs) want. The gym when they reopen. Yeah. But it's like, and and I've been you know, doing a few things to take a bit more care of myself lately too. Like I've been speaking a bit recently how probably speaking more personally to you and not so much on the pod but, um, you know, I've been I've just been struggling a bit mentally and emotionally and I think, yeah, that's probably what we've got in common this week is that we've both made a conscious effort to start taking a little bit more care of ourselves, do you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as you just mentioned, like you and I have been talking a lot about you know, how we've been feeling personally and I've been really trying to combat my anxiety, especially when it gets really, really heightened and actually trying to learn to tune into my body a bit better and kind of feel, you know, what the different sensations are I'm actually physically feeling when I get into these high states of anxiety, which can be really challenging because if you're actually having more of a panic style attack, which I very rarely have, but it's really hard to tune into your actual body and kind of tap out of it. But I'm finding like working on different breath exercises has been really helping me, which gets me to Wim Hof breathing, which is new, really new for me. I think I've mentioned before, like my husband, Mackie, he's been doing it for nearly two years now, I think, daily. He doesn't just do the breath work. He also does the cold showers, et cetera. But when I was noticing how much just focusing on my breath when I was really anxious was helping I thought you know what I'm going to jump in on his Wim Hof breathing and give it a go and even though I'm you know maybe a week or two in so far the result that I've felt has been incredible like it's given me a burst of energy like as soon as I finish the breathing I feel I don't know I just feel like I've got so much more energy and it almost kind of takes you into this like meditative state whilst you're doing the breathing and then holding the breath. 
kind of harnesses a lot of energy, doesn't it? And definitely forces you to be present because all you're thinking about in that moment is breathing. We can maybe share some like stuff on Wim Hof, like in the show notes or something, because I know of him and I know of, of his style of work and practice, but I don't know much about him to say, to say much about it. But I will recommend that Goop Netflix series. Gwyneth Paltrow does an episode with him on there. And he, I mean, basically, basically his his theory is that you can overcome like chronic illness or mental illness or or immunity issues, all this sort of stuff through shocking your body, through temperature and um, also through breath work. And he had like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give incorrect information, but he had some severe illness or something and, and he overcame it through these practices. So it's really interesting as well when you're doing the breathing, like there's no pausing in between breathing in and out. So you kind of think of it, well, now I'm thinking of it as more of like a circular breath. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about what you've been focusing on. What have I been doing? Yeah. So I, much like you, but also I just want to mention as well, babe, let's not forget that you've had like the fucking hardest year. You have been through a lot of shit. So you're allowed to allow yourself just to to be sad, to grieve, to to not give a fuck for a while, just to do whatever it is that you need to do to to get by, to get to get through this extremely difficult time that you've been going through this year. But yeah, I mean for everyone else as well, like you said it's we're in living through this pandemic which is awful and a roller coaster for everyone. So, you know, I just wanted to mention mention that because good on you for you know (laughs) the fact that you get up every day and get on with things and continue to inspire your children and be there for your children and they are a good distraction because there are definitely days where I physically just feel like I could just lie in bed and just want to hide away but being distracted with them and getting up and trying to focus on the positives and I know we've recently talked about toxic positivity, so I'm not trying to kind of mask it because I think it's totally okay to have a really shitty day and to just want to hide away or to cry all day or to be angry. Like that's fine, but I have been trying really hard just to kind of, you know. Feel good. Get by and feel good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been just investing some more time and energy into myself feeling better because, you know, we neglect ourselves so much as as mums and I've definitely done that in the last 18 months since having having a baby. And, you know, it got to a pretty low point. Like I was just so burnt out, so exhausted, so emotionally drained, very anxious, not sleeping well and... Yeah, horrible feeling and it's a really – has a really cyclical effect. It's like you don't sleep, you feel anxious, you feel anxious, you feel – you have awful thoughts, you have awful thoughts, you put yourself down, you put yourself down, you can't do the normal tasks that you can do, you know, like it's just this awful cycle. So, you know, talking to you about it, talking to my mum, talking about to Aiden all really helps but, you know, I felt like I just really needed to put some energy into myself so I've been sort of seeking some – professional help you know I've been going to see Amanda recently one of our wonderful guests that we spoke to she's a women's health specialist basically fertility specialist and Chinese doctor we did a whole episode with her in episode three I think it was we could link that to these show notes as well if you want to go back and learn all about her but um, she's been an amazing 
support just in terms of, you know, hearing me out, listening to what's going on with my mind and my body and doing some really nice treatments via acupuncture and and cupping and things like that. So that's been great. I've also been going to see an osteo recently, which I've never really seen an osteopath before. But, you know, like if you have an injury or soreness and you kind of don't know where to go. You're like, do I see a physio? Do I see a chiro? Like what do all these people do? There's so many different options. Yeah, so many different (laughs) options. And I I think the key to this sort of thing is like just trying a few different things out and seeing what's working for you and seeing what results you get. But an osteo is kind of an alternative medicine or treatment that focuses on like physical manipulation of your muscles and your bones but they generally look at you and treat you quite holistically. So they're kind of looking at the whole, the bigger picture, which is what I love, you know. I want to talk about nutrition. I want to talk about physical health, mental health, like because I think as we learn it all links into each other. Yeah, that's really been helping me lately and just being able to talk to people, get some advice, get some support. It's so good that you are doing that because, as you mentioned before, it's so easy to get caught up and then get in a rut and it gets worse and worse mm. and then you get to a point where you're just not even coping. Yeah, and, and you don't know how to get out of it. basic tasks are really hard and you, you're right, you, you get stuck and you don't know how to get out of it. So good on you for listening to yourself and making that time. Well, I just to had to. I was just, focus on you. I was just not myself and not contributing much to myself or my family and it's just... You know, it doesn't feel good. So, I mean, I understand as well, like to go and see professionals and stuff, it like it costs money and you can't always invest that much money into things like that. But, you know, I really see investment into your health is really important. And at the moment also like we're in lockdown, you can't do the normal things that you can do anyway. Like I'm not spending money on anything else like gym memberships or yoga classes or eating out or all, all the other things that I like to spend money on. So why not invest it in my health? Money well spent, I say. Yes. Here, here, here. Cheers to that. <laughs> Let's talk about our Cheers topic today. To I'm pretty that. excited. Yes. I feel like we're going to talk. We've been talking about this one a bit lately, haven't we? Yeah, I feel it's like this um, – amalgamation of all of these topics that we've been speaking about recently and stuff that's been coming up with what our guests have been talking about. So, yeah, let's, let's so talk about it. we want – oh, okay, let's talk about it, babe. <laughs> so what we want to talk about is yeah. – What are we talking about? About how <laughs> literally everything changes once you become a parent. I mean, of course it does, but today we'll, you know, mainly be focusing on us as mums – naturally because we are mums, we are parents, but, you know, we'll also talk about the dads as well because for them they're also going through a life-changing phase by becoming a father. Let's also talk about our other relationships as well. So, of course, our, you know, our lovers, (laughs) (laughs) our relationships with our family, relationships with our friends because, you know, these do change when you move into that phase of um, parenthood. And it all influences like the changes in you as a person, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, of course you and I will be speaking from our perspective today because the change is different for everyone in positive and negative ways but I think everyone feels it. Maybe you and I analyse everything too much. (laughs) But no, I don't think so because we did ask, you know, some of our listeners and we know that there's so many things we all have in common. So enough of me waffling on. 
let's delve into it. Yeah, so I think like the main points that we've kind of discovered that sit within this topic are like, you know, there's the obvious reasons like, hello, you now have a child. You are a different person. You now have yes. a little tiny human that you're responsible for. So, you know, there's the obvious 24 reasons. 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yes, relentlessly 24-7. There's the obvious. There's a conversation around identity and identity loss or maybe like identity confusion once you once you have a baby. There's a huge part about self-sacrifice and then I think, yeah, as you said, relationships is a huge part of it as well. So your romantic relationships but then also, yeah, your, your friendships as well. So let's... Let's start, I mean, the obvious is the obvious. Like we talked a lot about in last season. Matrescence. Exploring, yes, ex- exploring this new phase, this this rite of passage that we learnt, this matrescence phase of your life, you know, this transition into becoming a mother and, you know, how your brain changes, how the neur- neural pathways in your brain like prune themselves away and make space for you to become this protective nurturing parent and you know there's all of that and then also you like your physical body changes your mental load changes your your thoughts your decision making so there's all of these like really obvious things that are going to start to form the reasons why you change as a person but I think one of the huge parts that we have found is is this identity conversation? Well, it's actually interesting because back to when you mentioned how we spoke a lot about matrescence in season one. Mm. Sorry, I moved on quite quickly there, didn't I? No, 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 that's okay. (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, talking about, you know, different stages, the transition of becoming a mum. So when we become teenagers, which we did speak about this a lot, you know, it's quite a talked about thing that, you know, your body's going to change. Yeah. Emotionally you're going to change physically everything but we have conversations about it it's really normal you know you often feel well I did anyway a lot of support Mm -hmm. during that transition but I don't remember ever having a conversation with anyone about the transition so matrescence before I had a baby yeah and then I feel like everything you do hear about it's either like mums either love it or they're depressed there's no middle ground. There's no kind of realistic talk about it that, you know, it is okay. It's going to be really fucking hard. You're going to change like physically, emotionally, you're, like your brain actually changes. You're not going to feel how you did before having a baby. I mean it makes sense because we're going through one of the most, you know, life-changing. Life-changing like things we can go through as females. Yeah. But, I feel like it's not talked about enough. No, and I mean, you know, like that's why we're here to talk about it, isn't it? Like I suppose we're we're picking out things that we're experiencing as something new, something that we weren't expecting and it almost felt like sometimes I feel robbed that like I wasn't educated or that I wasn't taught certain things about this phase because to have to go through it and discover it firsthand like sort of almost on your own can be really full on and really surprising and unexpected and sort of quite shocking. Yeah, it really catches you off guard. You don't know like you don't know when to talk about it with people or if you should talk about it with people. Like, you know, obviously, you know, if you've got really close friends like you and I do, we talk to our friends about everything and also I think we're lucky with our partners are pretty open and emotional. We can talk to people but like 
Now, sometimes you're just like, is anyone, am I alone? Is anyone else feeling this? <laughs> anyone like, else? Yeah. Yeah. It's full on. So let's talk about the identity part of it because I think, yeah, from the response that we got from our audience, it was hugely recognised as something that we're all having in common. I think we asked like did you experience some kind of identity loss when you had a baby and it was almost like 90% of people said yes. So yeah and up huge. <laughs> I'm not surprised because all of our guests as well like I was saying before all of our guests have been mentioning this as well. So it's been really comforting for me to hear people like Asha Ketty and Elsa Pataki and like all of these you know amazing women that have been saying similar things. I'm like Oh, makes it doesn't me... discriminate motherhood, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I was thinking about this actually last night knowing that we were going to record this today and, you know, you go through those phases and, you know, particularly maybe in the earlier months and the first couple of years of who am I? Like do I ever know who I am anymore? Like what did I used to be like? What am I going to be like in the future? I suppose when you become a mum and you're focusing on your children and like I guess your role is to be devoted to your young children, that is one aspect of our lives but often we get deeply lost in it whereas all those other aspects are still there but they're just kind of not in the forefront. We've kind of pushed them, we've pushed them out but it's not to say they won't come back or you won't kind of find them again but you just get so caught up in being a mum and focusing on your kids because you kind of have to. You have no choice. The interesting thing about the identity thing is like, you know, what were the things that were defining your identity before you had kids and what and what were you connecting with as your identity before you had a baby and what are you trying to hold on to after you had a, had a baby? So... It's a very good question. Yeah, well, I mean, the things that make up your identity are like your nationality, your culture, but it's also your relationships, your friendships, what you do for work, like your job, like all sorts of things like that that define your identity. And having a baby can bring so many changes to so many of those aspects that you felt make you who you are and those things are suddenly sort of stripped away. So it naturally leaves us feeling, who am I? Like, what's my future now? What are my goals now? Like, what am I working towards? What am I looking for now? So I think, like, it's just, it's just interesting because it's nothing that we consider and I feel that it's sad because there's sort of these external pressures that make us feel like we need to bounce back. We need to get our pre-baby body back. We need you know, to... What is that? Like that is the last thing that we should be having to worry about when, when we've just given birth. I mean, of course, you want to feel good and you want to be healthy and you want to be like maybe be in a good mindset, but worrying about whether you look as good in a bikini as you did, you know, a year before you had a baby, like it's just... It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And it's distracting. Like I think we talked a bit about this in the mum guilt thing too. Like, you know, these things that we think are important or that we're kind of made to believe are important in this experience of becoming mums or becoming parents distract us from the actual experience and they take away from that time yep. that we should just you'll be. You'll never get back. And you'll never get it back. We should just be investing ourselves into that moment, into that phase of our lives and making the most of it and celebrating it. It's the most 
life-changing and expansive and transitional phase of your life and yet for some reason we're sitting there thinking, you know, when am I going to get my body back? How am I going to start? When and how am I going to start working again? Like who like who am I now? Am I enough? Like all I'm just a mum, like the, I'm just a mum. Ch- I hate that. That really annoys me. We speak about this all the time. Like, I'm just a mum. Like, think about the role you're doing as a mother. And I think I said this the other day and you cracked up. But it's true. Like, we are literally shaping the future. <laughs> like, we are raising our children. Here, here. I'm sorry. But we're, we're the role models for them. We're the teachers, you know. Often your kids, they learn majority of who they become basically from us to a certain extent. And I think that it's so degrading to say that about a female, let alone that we say it about ourselves, like, oh, I'm just a mum and downplaying like the role that we are playing yeah. as a parent because it's it's so important. Yep. It's so important. <sighs> so you get me all fired up. Did I say the results of how many people said yes to experiencing this identity loss? Yeah. So you said I think it was nearly 90%. Yeah. And then and then I was just gonna say the other question we did ask was do you feel like a different person? since becoming a parent and 75% said completely. Do you? 25 said not really. Yeah, I do. Like I still, I, I'm still the same person but I've grown and I've evolved as a person but I'm still, I'm still me. Yes. Is this me trying to like analyse my identity? <laughs> no, I'm like still, thinking I'm out still loud me. <laughs> but then there's new things that I now love about myself that I didn't, feel before becoming a mum but then of course there's things that I miss so it's kind of I don't know weighing all those things up like going out and getting in the WSP going up getting (laughs) yes (laughs) let's not say what that is going out and having a good old time but I mean I still you know now my kids I don't have a newborn anymore now my kids are a little bit older you know in the days of um when we could actually go out I'm talking like, you know, pre-lockdowns, et cetera. Like I still go out and have the odd, you know, big night. Then I'm like, oh, I don't know how I used to do this all the time. But you get that little glimpse of what you used to do and it fills my cup a little bit and then I'm like, oh, okay, happy not to do that for a while. How about you? Tell me about you. I agree exactly with what you said. I I don't feel like a completely different person but I feel like a completely reinvented version I'm still me but I'm a more evolved version of me I'm a more challenged I'm a more tired (laughs) I'm a more (laughs) empathetic selfless different version oh my god selflessness that emotional that emotional load we also take on when we become a mum. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about self-sacrifice because that's a huge, huge part of, I think, what changes us and what reinvents us as well because we give so much of ourselves to our babies when, you, when we have babies and I don't think we realise and, again, like we're not sort of educated to know to look after ourselves to understand that if the mum in the house isn't happy and healthy then the whole household's not healthy like I've had to research this sort of stuff I've had to find communities that believe in these things and that 
and history and other cultures that do nurture this concept or, you know, this, this phase because it was new to me. Suddenly the sacrifice was mind-blowing, giving so much. Like yeah. I actually asked Aidan this morning like when we were – before we started recording this, I was like, oh, you know, this is the topic we're going to talk about, you know, how becoming a parent reinvents you and what's your thoughts on that? And he he's sort of one and only comment was like he said something like you no longer live just for you anymore. No, you don't have that freedom That's anymore. That's exactly right. You never will have that again. Yeah. Like – not to the same extent, that feeling of you've got absolutely no worries, like you're completely carefree because even if you have, even if you're, you know, your kids were staying with their grandparents or something for the weekend, in the back of your mind you still carry like a huge load and like you, you worry about your kids, you've got to worry about the way that you behave and the situations you put yourself in because you're solely responsible for them so much changes like to the point where your interests and your activities change because you're now choosing things that are going to make your children happy and your partner happy and your family unit as a whole like prior to having kids yeah I might have liked to have like gone out and partied or gone and done a course to learn something new or like whatever it was something that was now I look at it as self-indulgent, but really it's just living. It's actually not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> living. Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. No, no but, but now it's literally like, okay, my day is going to go like this. I need, you know, I need honey to get some exercise. I need her to be happy and active and get some fresh air. And so what are the things that I'm going to do to make her happy, which in turn makes me happy? Like you would experience this. Like you've got two kids and you've been doing it for much longer. Like do you change all your decisions of the things you do yeah now well of course you know majority or pretty much everything kind of to a certain extent has to revolve around them and then you know Nina especially now as she's getting older we've got to factor in her social activities and commitments and extracurricular things that she has on and you know yes there are weekends where there's a million things that I myself or my mm. husband, we would really like to be doing. But often we have to sacrifice that because we've got to take Nina to a play date or she's got swimming or things like that. Then often I find myself going, you know, Lulu might be asleep and this has been happening a bit lately. We've done something with the kids in the morning, as you said, get them outside, get some fresh air, get some exercise. And I think Mackie said to me, oh, let's just like chill, let's lie on the couch, let's read. And I was like, but what's Nina going to do? It's like, well, we've been focusing on Nina all morning. We've taken them out. We've done this. We've done this activity. They've done painting. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Like my first thing was, oh, no, but Nina will be missing out. Anyway, that's one example because, as he said, we're always revolving majority of what we do around the kids. And, you know, I wanted to do that and and it's my choice to be a mum. But, you know, you've got to have a bit of try and find, oh, let's not use the word balance, but. <laughs> Why? It's a perfect word okay. for it. A bit of balance, <laughs> which I think I'm slowly starting to, to find that. But then again, that example that I just gave you. Is a repetitive example. Yeah. It's like the same example every single day, every single minute. I had done, this is a bit of like, I digress a little bit here, but. 
Last night, Hanny had a full-blown toddler tantrum. Like she was losing it. Like we haven't seen her. She was, you know, arching her back and throwing herself and just screaming and saying the things that she wanted but then pushing those things away. Like she was beside herself. She did not know what she wanted. Aiden and I just had a really nice moment of just like actually connecting with each other and like being team us and you know, just talking about like how she was just acting out and it's okay, it's not our fault. We were kind of like, what's wrong with yes. her? You Look know, like, what, yeah, what the hell is wrong with our child? Like what have we created and kind of like banded together in that moment, which doesn't always happen and we'll get much more into like the relationship talk in a minute. Because often one will get really flustered and the other one will be like, oh, just leave them, you know. But exactly. You know, exactly. work as a team, it's very good. Or I think naturally like one parent tends to side with a child like because we're so protective. You're always like, oh, no, it's not her fault or, you know, don't be so harsh or. She missed her nap. Yes, exactly, exactly, defending them. So it, it was just like quite a pleasant surprise that we actually just banded together and just had a little bit like WTF, you know, like we're good <laughs> over here. What the hell's wrong with you? Sometimes honey? just have like, to walk away when out. you're doing that because often you can't reason with them when they're in that much of a state. Oh my god, I hadn't. Like she's obviously, you know, screamed and cried before, but like it was. This was the next level. I haven't even told you because it Ooh. just happened last night. But like, I need some advice, girlfriend. Welcome, this my toddler. love, to toddlerhood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your early days. So before we talk too much about romantic relationships though, can we just talk about what might have happened recently in your life? We were speaking about, you know, whether, you know, how everyone has a different opinion on whether they want to be married, whether they don't want to be married and you just recently got engaged. (laughs) I mean, could not be happier for you guys. I just think you guys are a beautiful couple and honey is so lucky to have you as her parents and you're engaged and tell us tell us about it and tell us about your thoughts on it and yeah yeah so I mean first of all like I'm so grateful for Aiden my partner for creating this like you know ultra special and memorable moment of you know like asking me to marry him it was so romantic and it was so beautiful and I'll remember it forever and ever since then you know we have just been (laughs) showering in our joy together and yeah like it's just such a beautiful reason just to love each other again and I mean obviously you know we've been together for quite a few years now we've had a child like you know we've been through a lot together and yes you're right I have talked about previously marriage not being a high priority on my list of life checkboxes and for whatever reason that is, I don't necessarily need to delve too much into that but I haven't prioritised it and I haven't necessarily wanted it. I haven't necessarily wanted it. Like I think I've said before that I like the idea of waking up next to my partner every day and choosing to be with them and not necessarily being legally bound by a piece of paper or a law. But it's our commitment isn't about that anyway, you know, like it's just a commitment to spend the rest of our lives together and it's very it's, – it's good of you to bring up in this moment while we talk about relationships because having a baby, having a child with my lover has changed me. 
it's changed my perspective on my relationship. It's changed my perspective on my future. It's changed my perspective on love and connection and commitment and yay! I'm fucking getting married. <laughs> Sometimes it just you get to a point and it just feels right. And it doesn't make I mean I don't feel like if we're talking about if it you know necessarily changes a relationship. I don't know if it's changed my relationship when I got married. We'd been together for nearly 10 years. But it's just a nice feeling. It's just this beautiful commitment you make towards each other. I just wanted to embarrass Soph and make her share her news. <laughs> so but back to just <laughs> relationships. When you were talking before about Honey having her tanty last night and how you had that that moment where you both kind of banded together and you were really on the same kind of wavelength and team with what was going on, like, I love that and I think, you know, something that's key to to parenting is kind of being a team because as soon as you kind of have very different opinions on how you should parent, I think, yeah, you can get into a bit of... Yeah, so here's the thing. You have a relationship, you fall in love, you have a great time, you go on adventures, you do your thing, you know, you give all this energy to each other. You have a baby, you're suddenly faced with constant decision-making, yet you're suddenly faced with a completely new world, all these new decisions, lack of sleep, giving all of your energy, self-sacrifice. And before in a relationship, you know, you might have a disagreement or something and you'd be able to allow the time and energy to give back to each other to repair it and grow and move on from it. But when you have a baby in the mix, you're giving so much of your energy to the child and naturally you're depleted of energy, you're depleted of your emotional capacity and so you take it out on each other. Oh, all the time, point scoring. Yes, exactly, which you've talked about before. It becomes this tit for tat, which is a nasty place to be in a relationship. I did this, I did that, you never do that, you know, like... It's exhausting and it's awful, but naturally when you are giving so much of yourself, you want the other person to appreciate how much you're giving, you know, like and because it's new, like this new this self-sacrifice is a new experience. So you want to be acknowledged, like you want it to be validated yes. what you're doing. You want to be acknowledged and appreciated, as you said. And you both want that. So you're both fighting for it. It can turn um, nasty very quickly and I think like everyone's got to be experiencing that. Like that's just, that's just part of what having kids brings to the table. Before when I was saying how important it is to, you know, be on the same team and, you know, have the same views as parenting, obviously as human beings we're naturally not going to agree on everything and we're going to have different opinions but I think trying to talk through that and having the aligned views together is important. So, yes, we often disagree on things but, you know, overall we want the same kind of, we've got the same kind of end goal or we want the same, you know, result. But arguing in front of your children about a decision the other one's made like does not achieve anything because it shows your, ch- your child that you're not on the same page, that's when they try and play parents off whereas if you're coming in as like a united front like no you can't do that or no this is not acceptable or whatever it might be the way you react to a tantrum you know when you are kind of guess kind of working together 
well, I, I think with my experience, you know, you might have a better response from the child, but also you feel better within yourselves and within each other, like within your relationship. Absolutely. It feels, it feels better if, you, if you're on the same team because then you're feeling supported. Yeah, because otherwise you're like, oh, why did you just tell them they could do that? Or like, no, they can do that. Then you're kind of taking that, you're not kind of trusting in your partner. So we asked our audience, you guys, our lovely listeners, how your relationship has changed since having kids. And this one was interesting because it was almost 50-50. We asked like a little bit or a different relationship. And I think like... About 60% said different relationship. (laughs) Is that for you? What did you pick? You probably didn't do this, but what would you pick? I did do it. By the way, oh, did you? Yeah. Did you? Oh, okay. Adding to the adding to the poll. <laughs> yeah. It changes. It's a different relationship. I feel like really, really connected. Yeah, to Mackie since having kids, and not that I didn't feel connected to him prior to that, but it's just different now. Yeah, yeah. And I think we look at each other differently because I really admire him as a dad and how devoted he is yeah. to his girls and him as a human and the way that he treats and respects and looks after me Mm. and I think and you know I think vice versa so different in some ways Mm. yeah I mean I think it's a different relationship but I don't mean that in a bad way I mean it in a I mean it in a good way I think that's positive I think it's positive like if you're not open to transformation in relationship you're going to get stuck you're going to be you're going to get stuck in a rut like you're going to be looking for what was in the past and I think you've got to be more open-minded you've got to be open-minded to to change and and pivot and grow. Yeah, when I say like it's a different relationship, I mean that Aiden and I know each other so much more now. We have learned so much about each other. We have learned about the type of parents that we want to be and in our situation we're quite lucky because we do see eye to eye a lot and we have, you know, pleasantly, surprisingly discovered that yeah, we do agree on a lot of things and a lot of the choices that we make as parents. So that helps. And that was another one of the questions that we asked. Do you feel like your relationship is stronger now or have you discovered how differently you see things? So 57% said stronger and 43% said different. Mine would be stronger. Has your relationship strengthened or have you discovered how differently you see things? Yeah, like I said, we see things a lot sort of eye to eye which which has been great but I get how it brings up so many things for people yeah that they hadn't learned before they had kids because you don't talk about certain things like you you learn on the job I also wonder if sometimes if like you factor in how long you'd been together prior to having kids as well like in my case as I said we'd nearly been together for like 10 years so we'd lived a lot together like we also a lot of those years lived pretty independent lives like we were both traveling a lot separately for work etc but we went through so many different kind of phases and stages together I think we were really ready and when I say ready no one's ever really ready for a baby like you don't know what you're getting into but we were ready to kind of face that challenge and become parents and kind of we both really wanted it I think, and I also think it has strengthened our relationship. Like some of the things that we used to maybe argue about and focus on 
like wouldn't even be a thing now. Yeah, yeah, right. Because there's so many more important things to focus on. There's no time for like bullshit. Although we still do bicker <laughs> and point score. I think that's avoid. I think that's you can't avoid. Yeah, it. as long as you can recognize it and pull each other up on it and be like, hmm, this isn't getting us anywhere. Let's not do this. It's just nasty. As well with relationships, it's so important to understand each other's love languages and treat each other the way that they deserve and give some energy back to them, you know, prioritise them, save a little bit of that fuel in your tank to give back to your partner and don't always give it all to the kids. Save a little bit for yourself, save a little bit for your partner. You can do those love languages sort of tests online. Have you ever done that? Mm, Oh, one actually. I remember Mackie sent me something on my phone one day. Yeah. I have to do it again. Yeah, you should do it again. We did it like a while ago before we had had kids and my love language is physical touch and Aiden's love language is words of affirmation. So we understand that about each other now. Like he needs to be told like, you know, you've done a great job or, you know, thanks for, you know, going to work today or, you know, you're amazing or, yeah, like you did a good, good job and I just need to be cuddled and kissed and have my hair stroked and have a back scratch, you know, like and now that we understand that. <laughs> have some that, loving. Yeah, yeah, have some loving, exactly. So now that we understand that, we know how to approach each other because it's super important and like Let's talk about sex. The physical part. Well, I was going to just <laughs> Let's say, talk I about sex, baby. One thing. Let's talk about <laughs> Let's you. Let's talk about you and me. And me. Let's talk about um, <sighs> Continuous foreplay is oh, something babe, that wow, which is super important. <laughs> you're diving right And something in. that like I'm all about but I don't just mean it in a sexual way. Similar, those little things that we just do on a daily basis, you know, whether it is like Mackie comes up and gives my bum a little tap or like, I come up and give him a kiss or I leave him a little note on the coffee machine or I do something, you know, something that I know he'll really like or say something, just those little bits that make you feel good, make each other feel good. 100%. Because ultimately like then that makes you want to like physically be with each other. 100%. And, you know, let's not hide the fact, and I know we both agree on this, that if you have an argument often like a quick little F-U-C-K can fix things. <laughs> it's like, come on, let's have a quickie, get on with it. The energy changes, the vibe changes and everyone's happy again. But I think you need to make the other person feel feel loved and feel wanted and feel appreciated and like that you're attracted to them, that you want to, to be with them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I want to speak a little bit on that because – I think so many women require that to feel sexy at the end of the day and to get in that zone. You need to be it. There needs to be like you need to be prepped, yeah. And it literally and exactly like you said, it doesn't have to be sexual foreplay. It's literally like if they send you a text saying how much they love you, if they wash, if they unpack the dishwasher in the morning, if they cook dinner that night, like for fuck's sake, if they vacuum the house, you're just like. Get in here, you know, like all the, all these little things, you know, it all kind of adds up and makes you feel good. Yeah, and yeah, like I said before, for me, it's physical touch. So, like sometimes I just say, and like, just just like touch me, <laughs> just like <laughs> give my hair a little stroke, like give me a massage, oh. like you know, I want to feel connected physically, like in a loving, connected way, not not necessarily always in a 
sexual way. So I'm 100% with you on that. And I think that's probably more so just a female thing that like like it's a huge generalisation but females in general I think need that prepping more than males. Males can just be like, right, let's go. Yeah. I mean sometimes, you know, I can do that too. Yeah. Well, it's some, it, or actually a lot I can do that too. You love it. But Come on, babe. Be I'm honest. I'm just saying that no, I just think that continuous foreplay just also in general for your relationship is crucial. Of course we all have days and weeks where we don't feel as connected or, you know, we're exhausted, you know, we, we feel like we don't have much to give, we're feeling burnt out, we're distracted with other things. Like, of course that happens. but And that's fine. We have days. That's fine. That's normal. That's life. But I think it's also really important, like, we know that relationships take work. So if you look at it in that way, it sometimes takes away the frustration of like why you're not getting along, why you're not feeling really loved up, why you maybe just dislike your partner, like why you're so triggered by their actions all the time. Like, you know, if they're not as emotionally connected to what your children need and you feel that so frustrating because it makes you feel alone and, you know, solely responsible for your children's needs or, you know, if they don't contribute to the housework or if, you know, all of these sorts of things that really triggers you to not like them and not want to be romantic with them, not want to have sex with them, not want to be intimate with them, all of these sorts of things. you got to work on it. You need to talk. Don't be afraid to seek professional help. Like talk to a, talk to a therapist. Like get some counselling, whatever it is. Like you don't have to look at that in like like you have a problem and that it's a bad thing because like I'm all about like preventative help, you know, like the more work you do on yourself, on your relationship, the more, the more you're preventing issues in the future. So like don't be afraid of that. And also I think like, you know, if we go back to the sex conversation because I know it's a huge <laughs> – let's be honest, I just want to talk about sex <laughs> – Sex. <laughs> when was no. the last time you did it? <laughs> well, look, we had oh sex God, this morning on the yoga mat last night in my like in the middle of the night. Oh, I just remembered that. <laughs> you had the sex this morning on the yoga mat. Yes, but let me say this: that is not necessarily a. It's not a realistic version of our sex life either, you know, because the, the thing with um, sex post babies is that. We all want to know what everyone else is doing to make ourselves feel normal and so many women, we'll read those statistics of of that in a minute, but so many women talk about having no sex life post kids for all of the obvious reasons and I think like we all go through those stages. But yeah, like yes, we had sex this morning but Aiden's at home at the moment, he's not at work so there's a huge part of your sexual relationship being based on what your day-to-day is, what your lifestyle is, like when you're actually home together, when you have time, when you're not tired. And I hate the, I hate the kind of conversation about like what's normal based on how many there times no- a week you have sex. Normal. Because we'll go through weeks where we, you know, there could be a week and we have sex like four times and then we might not have sex for like a week at all. And then we might have sex once in that next week. And then the following week we might like have sex five times and then again not have sex for another, you know, however long. So I think, as you said, you've got to factor in so many different things and everyone's lives are so different. And also it's all about how you're feeling within yourself as well. And I think a lot of our audience as well is like, you know, in those early stages of 
having babies. And let's be honest, it's not the sexiest time ever. You're, you're super loved up because you have this new baby and, you know, it's there's all these other things going on. But, like, so many women I think wonder why they're suddenly not having sex with their partner anymore whether they've just totally lost their mojo, whether they're not attracted to each other anymore, whether they've lost the romance, like whatever it is. But it's a stage normally, isn't it's it? It's just a stage, yeah. And it's like just accept that stage. It doesn't It doesn't matter. You don't have to have sex all the time just to have a healthy relationship. Like, no. Be that's kind to yourself. That's where that foreplay comes in, you know, because yeah. sometimes that's all we can handle, you know. Other ways of kind of being physical and showing each other that, you love them. It doesn't always just have to be about having sex. No, exactly. So we asked our listeners, how has having kids affected your sex life? And bum, 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 the answers were, what sex life? <laughs> 84% and more connected was 16%. Oh, ladies, we're with you. Don't worry. We're with you. We all go through stages. I mean, Kate, you might have another up. What's your... <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Look, I think we've heard enough about me and my sex life for today. Look, I just I'm, I feel like I'm in a good zone at the moment, but I've definitely gone through phases where I haven't felt that way or it hasn't been that way. So I think it's just about where you're at. Tell me what it was like for you after having a baby. I'm trying to think like the first time. I think I was quite like a bit scared after giving birth to Nina to have sex for the first time because it's talked about, oh, you should wait until, you know, You've gone back and had a checkup, and you know, far out. Think about what you go through down there. Like, it's a bit of a frightening thought. But once we kind of got back into it and kind of found found things again, it was all good, found things again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got back into it. Everything was fine. Yeah. Um, but we definitely went through a phase when we had like new babies, like little babies, where we weren't having sex that often because you're physically exhausted. You know, you're up half the night. You're holding a baby for, you know, majority of the day. Yeah, you've got something attached it's, to you constantly. You've got you don't want someone to else touching and you. And you're both tired. Mm. Yeah. You got you stink like baby spew. You haven't washed your hair I for two remember, weeks. I do remember. I do remember this. You're not feeling this, sexy. This point, I think it was like a couple of weeks after giving birth where I had this like all of a sudden I was really up for it. But it was too early. You're being way too polite in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So stop about me. What about you? Let's no, 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 continue. No, 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 that's <laughs> it. I think, yeah, I think, as I said, you go through phases and stages. Yeah, well, no, I just, I just want to make people feel comforted. Like don't base your sex life on somebody else's. Yeah, don't compare. Don't compare. Um, I think consider everything as a stage. If you're not feeling like you like your partner that much, look at the reasons why. Do the work on it. Try to shake things up a bit. Like... Far out. Who am I? Try to, some new things who am I in the to give advice. Like I'm not here to give advice, but I just want people no, to feel heard no, and think, feel normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. You know, I go through phases of not wanting to have sex, phases of wanting to have it. Mm. So I think this is a good time, babe, to make your announcement about your debut of this fabulous idea that you've had. <gasps> Tell oh, us about okay. our my playlist. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, so I love a good playlist, um, and. I have actually created a playlist. It's a bit of bossa nova, bossa nova vibes, bossa nova romantic vibes, I should say. Yeah, it's a good one it's for perfect, this episode. Perfect for like if you want to like chill out, relax, let the good vibes kick in with your partner. 
cooking dinner, having a nice drink together, whatever it is, it's a real kind of a mood softener, would you say, Soph? Yeah, well, it, actually this playlist, so we're going to do, we're going to make Talking in Common playlists for y'all to get involved in. And if you're a new listener or if you don't know much about Kate, she was a pop star in her previous life. <laughs> and you, she lives and breathes pop, but in saying that, music is through your bones. And whenever we come over to your house, you guys are always playing great tunes. Like, you know, your music repertoire is far and wide and very, very wide. So we yes. thought that it would be a really cool idea to, you know, have another way of like connecting and sharing the love and getting the vibes going with us and and with you guys so I'm excited about this first one I love the vibe of it it's very me it's so you it reminds me of exactly the vibe when we come over to your house for dinner you guys are always listening to like yeah super cool like bossa nova jazz chill kind of beats actually let's let let's let's put a little bit on to get the vibe going <laughs> Stop. the girl from Ipanema when this song came on on the playlist I was like yes absolute classic the voice of Astrid Gilberto, is that her name? Like her Astrid Gilberto, oh, she's one of my favourite Love artists. her, she's amazing. Her like sexy, she's so like effortlessly cool and like that sexy know, right? sax and such a vibe. Yeah, babe, get those Beats pumping. So I love it for like like you were talking about, like a bit of a date night vibe, you know, get a glass of wine, maybe do some cooking, get the vibe in the kitchen. Another. But also I think it's just like such a nice kind of like nice. self-care playlist too. Like get me in a bubble bath with a glass of red. That time of the day, anytime it's it's a nice playlist to listen to, I think. But yes, a bubble bath with a glass of red. I'm gonna do that tonight. Yeah. Anyway, get around our playlists and um <laughs> we'll share all about it on Instagram. So moving along, my dear, let's talk a little bit about friendships because this is another thing that we know hugely impacts or, you know, hugely changes when we become parents and something that we talk about with all of our friends and other people that have had kids so let's talk a little bit to that we asked again you lovely people what you thought and we asked have your friendships changed since having kids and it was like 80 percent yes and 20 percent no so I was actually a little bit surprised by this I think um from personal experience, like when I had Nina, none of my friends or close friends had babies at all. Yeah, we should talk about our little journey as friends as like a little case study. Yeah, so for me in particular, um, I did feel that my friendships changed a lot. And in saying that... You were just pioneering the baby making, babe. You were just I such was. a pioneer in every way. I was ahead of the game, <laughs> leader, not a follower. <laughs> You and I, for example, you know, we'd been such close friends for so many years and we were at a stage in our lives where we were having so much fun together. Like we were partying together all the time. We did so much together, you know. We were both free as we could be. And then all of a sudden I fell pregnant and it's like. I was like, see ya. <laughs> see ya, babe. <laughs> also at that stage, like 
you were also going through a breakup as well, like around the same time of me giving birth. But even prior to that, you know, I mean, I couldn't be there for you the way that you probably needed me and vice versa when I had a newborn. But prior to that, even when I was pregnant, you know, all of a sudden I'm pregnant and my body's changing, the way that I'm thinking is changing. I'm going through this kind of transformation, but all my friends are still living their lives exactly the same. And I didn't really have anyone to kind of talk to about it or relate. Yeah, I can't – like how were you feeling at the time? Were you feeling like far out? Like, yeah, like I've kind of like I've lost all my connections with my friends or like were you feeling isolated? I wouldn't necessarily say isolated. Like there was definitely times where, you know, you feel like you're missing out on something. But in saying that, like I was excited to be having a baby. You're in your own little bubble. I'm lucky I've got a very supportive partner. So I had him, but it's it's different to your relationships, like with your girlfriends, you know. So, yeah, it was a hard time. And then particularly like having a newborn baby because I just feel like your friends, if they haven't gone through it, they don't really understand. No. They don't really know what you need from them. Yeah, well, that was me. I didn't understand. Like, and yes, like you said, we were at very different stages of our relationship, but when you had a baby was definitely a time where we weren't as close as we have been or as we are now. And I think that naturally happens to a lot of friendships. And in saying that, that was a lot of comments that we had from from our community was, you know, just the kind of obvious things like, you know, my friends without kids don't contact me as much before or, you know, I feel uninvited to the things that are happening between people that don't have kids or... Yeah, like you still want to be included and invited even though you probably might not go to whatever the event is or to that particular party but you still want to feel like you're a part of it and that you're being thought of. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think like, you know, yeah, if we continue using our friendship as an an example, like then once you – as you know, little Nini was sort of growing up and and we had this little baby to kind of bond over together, like – you know, I'm her godmum for, for, I I had an invested interest. I loved her as soon as she was born and I wanted to be involved in her life. So as the process went, I think we started to connect a little bit more over that. And then, you know, by the time Lulu came along and then of course, honey, we just found ourselves like connecting and bonding more than ever. Like I know you now better than I ever have known you. And I think we love, respect and understand each other more now ever becoming a parent like kind of opens up your heart and soul a little bit to the to to the loved ones around you and we can bond over that now too like what we're both going through it's like a real experience for both of us you know we have so much in common (laughs) we do fancy that (laughs) that was one of the that was one one of the answers that really stood out to me in some of the comments that someone made was someone said I now finally have something in common with other people but yeah with you know friendships is is interesting like you know naturally you're going to drift apart if you're in different phases or stages of life or naturally it's going to bring you closer together but for me one thing that I found have found quite interesting is that like you know the types of friendships that I find myself leaning into now are quite different to what I used to like you know if I kind of look at my let's call it my old life pre-kids I, in my line of work, like being a creative person and a designer and stylist, I wanted to be 
mixing and associated with the people that were, you know, the coolest, the most creative. Like I also spent a lot of time with my partner at the time was heavily into music and partying and, you know, rubbing shoulders with all like, you know, the coolest DJs. And God, that sounds lame now, but it was cool, so... Cool, babe. I know, but it was so... No, I know. Are you saying I'm not cool? That was my... No. That like now we're like, well, we've been friends, but like, am I not a cool person? Well, I was still rubbing shoulders with you. Don't worry. Don't take it personally. <laughs> you were part no, of I'm that kidding. tribe. Don't worry. Ah, uh, true. But you know what I mean? Like I was looking for different things and I suppose my cool radar was important to me. Whereas now I don't care. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm cool. I don't really care if I think anyone else is cool. I just want, I just am gravitating to warmth and kindness and similar morals and people who have the same outlook on life and are, and are looking for the same things. And of course have children naturally. Yeah, and it's important, you know, like for me to who I choose to kind of bring into my inner sanctum and have around my kids, you know, on a regular basis. And, you know, as you said, you really want people that are genuine, that really care um, and have the same views and morals. So we're on the same page for that, that's for sure. Mm. And don't get me wrong to any of my friends that are listening that, that, that you know, if maybe that if you don't have kids or something, you're thinking like, oh, okay, what a bitch. She doesn't like me anymore. It's not about <laughs> that. It's not about my close friends that I already have. It's more about like new friendships or acquaintances that were friends or, you know, things like that, that I'm just not searching for anymore. I don't need that. I don't need it in my life. Like I've got my loved ones. I've, 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 I've found my people. And when I do find, when I do make a new friend or find a new friend, I'm surprised by the type of person that it is compared to what it used to be. That's all. Well, I feel like we've really nutted out this topic today. Yeah, haven't we? And actually you've really got me thinking about lots of different things too. That's good. I just hope anyone that's listening can relate to what we're talking about and we'd love to hear your feedback too. So talk to us, send us a message. Yeah, we love we love engaging with you guys. Like Instagram's the most obvious place. We love getting your DMs. Like if you're listening to the episode you know, screenshot it, share it, share it with your friends if you think it's, you know, we've said anything that's worth listening to. Like it's the best way for us to be able to connect with you too and be able to see that you guys are liking or not liking or, you know, it's just the best way to connect. So don't be shy, darlings, but let's move on and talk about sharing is caring. So today for our lovely sharing is caring segment, we are going to chat to a couple of girls who we think have come up with just such a great concept and a very thoughtful one at that, I must say. They started their business at a very very similar time that we started this podcast actually and they reached out to us with such kindness and support of what we were doing and just with an intention to connect and we love that. So we're super happy to be supporting them today by sharing a little bit about their business and their stories. The business is called Not A Pony. They are lovely ladies and they've created these thoughtfully tailored care packs for a variety of life situations. I would say they're particularly targeted at women. They've got packs for things like breakups, first periods, um, they do a miscarriage pack and many others you can check out on their website. These packs are really a great way I guess to start a conversation around something or like topics that are maybe a little bit difficult to talk about and 
you know, even just show someone that you really care without having to say it. We will let the ladies tell you more. Here are the lovely ladies themselves, Sarah and Dana from Not A Pony. Welcome to Talking In Common and how are you guys? We're good. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. So can you tell us all about your business, Not A Pony? We'd love to hear about the concept more and how it all sort of came about and yeah, I guess just how it started. COVID was like, was a bit of a head fuck really. Yeah. Mm. So I had just gone back to work from baby number one and I was a COVID redundancy. Okay. So, you know, it sucks, but it happens. And then I went back to work somewhere else, got another job, was secretly pregnant, but they hired me anyway once I came clean. It was all really exciting. And then I was another COVID redundancy. Oh, my God. Gosh. You know, last one in, first one out. Yeah. Like, again, it sucks, but you would, you know, it's fair enough. And at that point, I was like, well, there's no point in searching for anything else now. Imminently, there's going to be another baby. And then at that point, everything had started going pear-shaped for everybody. We were in lockdown and people were losing their jobs and you know, friends of mine who had planned to buy houses suddenly couldn't anymore. It was just, it was a, it was a drama all round. And I was like, if ever there was going to be a situation where we get each other, sorry, your life is shit right now, presence, this is the time. (laughs) And then I was like, actually, there is no such place to buy, sorry, your life is shit right now, presence. And then it kind of just grew from there. I didn't have the time or the energy or I think probably the guts to do it on my own. I think I probably would have fallen in a heap at the first hurdle if I didn't have someone to kind of share the load with. So I roped Sarah in pretty much from the very beginning. I was like, I've had this idea. Can't do it without you. What do you think? kind of didn't give you an option. (laughs) (laughs) You're already doing it, by the way. Dana and I gel creatively on so many different fronts that when she came to me with the idea, I just thought, I'm going to kick myself if I don't do this. And if we fail, we fail, you know, like you're never going to know if you don't try. There were so many things that scared me about it, just things I didn't know, like you know, couriers and various different website elements and, you know, all of the back-end stuff about running a business. I was very comfortable from a creative perspective that we could do it between the two of us. And, again, same as Dana, I would never have, it wouldn't have got off the ground if I was doing it on my own. And, you know, I also think that, like, the idea grew so much from the time that we first started talking about it. You know, initially it was going to be this things are shit and I'm sorry kind of gift idea Um, and then the more we started talking about it the more we realized it can be a platform for talking about much bigger things you know it can be a a platform for breaking down some of those societal taboos that are so prevalent we really drew off our experiences with postnatal depression and I think probably in our second month it was postnatal depression awareness month and we really took that as a huge opportunity to talk to a whole bunch of women who'd experienced it I put a call out on our Instagram And I was kind of blown away with the number of people who responded and said, yep, I've experienced this. I'm happy to talk to you. Like some we knew, some we didn't. 
And from that time, it really felt like we've been growing a community, particularly of women, not only, but, you know, we're very passionate about women's health, women's mental health, all of those things that we don't talk about, which are often women's issues, you know, really passionate about using this as a platform to make a difference. Dana's miscarriage is obviously something that is very personal to her and was a real driver, but being able to talk about it and it's been the pack that we've received the most positive feedback on from people, just like I wish that had been a thing when I had my miscarriage or friends have gone through it and I haven't known what to say, you know, it's so good to be able to send them something. So we really want to continue building packs in that space. Um, You know, we want to do IVF, we want to do hysterectomy, breast cancer, lots of those things that really affect women. Yeah, there's so many. And then, you know, eventually we'd love to get a lot broader and, and market things that are also for men and just generally about grief and change and all of that kind of stuff. But We really feel like by honing in on a space for women to talk about things like, you know, that are important to them and important to their bodies, we're kind of hoping we can make a difference in that space. So that really grew from where the initial concept started, I think. I think the miscarriage pack for me, because I also experienced a miscarriage in between my two girls, and I remember at the time not really wanting to talk about it with many people. And I think the pack that you guys have created is a really beautiful way to kind of acknowledge someone who's been through something like that. The journal was a way for me to just reined up everything on paper and also kind of organise my thoughts in a way that I could communicate, even with my husband, because, you know, I'm not saying it's all about the man, obviously, but he was grieving too and he didn't, know how to grieve himself while supporting me and vice versa. So being able to write it all down and kind of get myself together was really helpful. So we've tried to, I guess, acknowledge a few different ways that people might start to heal, whether it be spiritually or emotionally or what have you. And we've tried to tick all of those boxes within the pack, which it's never meant to get rid of the grief. It's not going to suddenly make you smile again and everything's better and cheery and rosy, but it's meant to acknowledge the pain that someone has gone through and to show your support without being awkward and without not knowing what to say or do and without even if you can't find the words as a friend or a family member, and you don't know how to be supportive, eliminates the need for you to stress about what you're about to say to this person. I'm just going to jump in there and say also with all of our packets, it's important to us that, you know, there's a lot of consideration that goes into it. There's there's nothing that's just filler for the sake of having an extra thing in there and that everything is sourced in the most environmentally responsible way possible and by supporting local providers and all of that kind of thing so that we can feel good about the packs that we're sending out and not... Contributing to landfill. Yeah, that's the last thing that we want to do, so... Both very conscious and good reminders, so well said. Um, Tell us where the name comes from. (laughs) We agonised over this for I don't know how long and there were so many names that we came up with that were catchy and marketable and really explained what we were offering 
but they were just not particularly us. It was what it ultimately came down to was the idea, you know, someone will say, oh, I got you a little something. And then you respond, oh, my God, is it a pony? Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's not a pony. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah, we really wanted an opportunity for our brand to kind of be fun and irreverent and just a little bit silly. And we felt like we really had to bring that into our name. And it was actually one of the ones, that, like it was one of the names that Dana first suggested and it would, it'd been on the list and then we'd gone off and created all of these other things and all of these brainstorms. And, you know, I work in branding and, and marketing and it is so hard to brand yourself when you like completely competent doing it for other people. So we really did agonise over it. And in the end, we just kind of came back to it. And I think particularly once we started creating like graphics for it and the little logo and the lockup and it kind of took on a life of its own, it really felt, it felt right. I also really like that when you turn it into an abbreviation, it spells nap. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> because that <laughs> is, that's, I mean, it's so accidental, clever. but this business exists in nap time. Like we have yeah. literally got it off the ground while our children sleep. Yep. So, so it's true. Kind yeah. Of yeah, we hear you. It's a bit like the podcast majority of the time, to be honest. Yeah. So obviously you guys have a, a website where you sell your beautiful boxes. Is that like the only place that people can find them currently? Is it just all online or are you at any stores or markets? or? No, we're only online at the moment. We have talked about markets. It's just been one of the things on a very long to-do list that we haven't quite got to. You know, there's a lot of admin. We have an Etsy store as well. We do well. have an Etsy store, but to be honest, most of our sales come through the website. And Dana, we can, I'm, I'm very oblivious to this, but we can shop through Facebook and Instagram, can't yes. we? Yeah. Spoken like a true startup. <laughs> that, that's Dana's realm, very much. Well, it was so lovely to chat with you guys today and we wish you the best of luck with Not A Pony and we really appreciate your time and take care and we'd love to keep in touch. Thank you so much. Um, we're, Absolutely. We're really stoked also. I mean, like you, you, you touched on us starting our brands at around the same time. So, it's yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where you go and I get so much value out of listening to your episodes so thank you that's really nice to hear i'm really excited to see where you guys go and yeah definitely would love to keep in touch yeah awesome so good to meet you guys finally yeah as kate said good luck thank you for your time and energy and the work that you're doing it's beautiful message and um, beautiful products so thank you cool thanks guys thank you guys bye That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes, hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common or you can check out our Facebook page which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.